Hello everyone, it's the Monday Morning Analyst, Luke Thomas. It's actually late on Sunday evening as I do this. I'm on vacation, technically, but I'm not finished with this, so i got to get this done. Welcome, it's the Monday Morning Analyst for UFC 203. I hope you are doing well. My name, of course, is Luke Thomas, Senior Editor at MMA Fighting. And oh, we have a fun one for you today. UFC 203, what a bizarre-ass event. <laughs> right? Unbelievable. Uh, so let's talk about that now, right? Okay, so this took place in Cleveland, Ohio. This took place at the Quicken Loans Arena. This is where, of course, the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers play. Uh, it had an attendance, a very great one, 18,875 for a gate of 2.6 million. We will get to see him punk in just a second. Let's go through this from the top down, shall we? Steve Miocic defending his title against Alistair Overeem uh, via KO punches at 427 of the first round. Um, the odds going into this fight sort of reflected a reality that I think we all understood, that Stipe had the better power and the better chin, but maybe the less technical fundamentals are certainly not the same amount of skills in the feet, and it was just the opposite for Overeem. The more skilled fighter of the two, but a lot more wear and tear on him and probably not the same kind of punching power, although formidable in its own way. Um, certainly striking prowess generally and the ability to cause damage. And that's basically how it played out. Stipe Miocic getting dropped early, Alistair Overeem sitting for a guillotine, and I mentioned this on Twitter before, but I, I, I knew two black belts I had a discussion with about almost a decade ago who were telling me, like, they weren't sure about the overall totality of Alistair Overeem's game, but they go, he has a black belt level guillotine. That's, that's a quote. That's what they told me. And... Um, and I've always, I've always sort of remembered that. But, you know, credit to Stephen Miocic about getting fingers inside, but more than that, cutting an angle on him. Johnny Hendricks has a whole video about this, about getting an angle on someone from a front headlock, which allows you even to take the back, depending on how you scramble. So he uses that and gets out of it. I mean, Overeem was never really able to establish body control on the on, on the guillotine, but um, I'm sure it was tight and had some nice pressure. Anyway, they back out. At that point, um, Overeem began to sort of like stop fighting and was getting pushed around the cage and controlled and corralled and, and Miocic began to land on him and he was like really, really careful because I don't think he wanted to get caught anymore. Um, but eventually he chases in on a takedown, can't get it, follows it up, then gets on top and then just accurately pounds him out. But Overeem was kind of fading somehow after that guillotine. Um, you know, in an unfortunate post-fight interview, that, but I think Rogan sort of realized and said it as much on Twitter afterwards that, you know, interviewing a concussed and RKO'd fighter not the best idea. So, Stephen Miocic, I don't know. Is he going to fight Cain Velasquez next? I guess we'll see. But um, uh, showing some vulnerabilities. Heavyweight's crazy. He took JDS's best punches for five rounds and somehow Overeem dropped him badly pretty early. But uh, strong resiliency and obviously, like, the things we know him for. Good wrestling, quick, athletic, agile, big power. Saved him in the end. I, I really think that there's going to be a positive correlation between success at heavyweight and the ability to both take and deliver a shot. Um, okay, and the co-main event, Fabricio Verdum defeated Travis Brown, 29-28, 29-27, 30-27. Bizarre fight from Brown. First of all, uh, he just couldn't pull the trigger. Um, hesitant. He took the fight on short notice, but I don't know that that explains it. But there's a real lack of offensive initiative from Travis Brown to, to what I would argue is a troubling degree. Verdum did not look in shape, but apparently had an injury three weeks away from the fight and couldn't train properly. Um, obviously, jumping out with the flying side kick to the face and the rolling axe kicks he was just a totally bizarre fight from him and then front kicking Edmund after the fight it was just it was madness and not nearly as good as their first encounter either so both didn't quite look the part oh um Verdum's striking looked better this time but he's still kind of chasing a little bit um in a worrisome way I, I was like is he gonna get KO'd again it was you know it's just that Brown just didn't really do a whole lot of anything 
Um, then we have Mickey Gall versus CM Punk. CM Punk loses at 214 into the first round submission via rear naked choke. We're going to go over this absolute disaster in the second um, uh, segment here of the three segments that we do on this podcast. Let me just say this, and I made a, a post about it. Look, all you want from someone at CM Punk's level is just to show you a couple of things. I didn't see hardly any of that, but it's hard to even see whatever they could do if there's such a degree and difference of skill. And these were like categorically different fighters. CM Punk should not even have a pro license anymore. And the fact that he got one is bad because it's going to affect his ability to get any kind of amateur fights, which is really what this guy needs. Here's the truth about the situation with CM Punk is that everyone is saying, you know, oh, go live your dream. Yeah, go live your dream, man. Like, if that's what you want to do, then don't tell me to stop it. But if you really want to be a good fighter, you need to recalibrate exactly what your dream is. Because in terms of getting fighter development in the healthy, appropriate, balanced way, it's going to be hard for him to get that in the UFC. Because if they give him somebody who's commensurate with his skill level, which is what he needs, he needs to get out there, he needs to fight rounds, he needs to get experience, he needs to have someone that's on a level that he is, so he can try things and fail at things and be successful at things, and then there's incrementally get better that's how people do get better if you throw them to the wolves they're not going to get better and you could say well don't throw them to the wolves but can they give him somebody as good as at the same level he is i don't think so that is so unpalatable and so far removed from what the common ufc product is i don't think they want to risk that and i don't blame them for doing it if you really care about his development as a fighter, if you really take it seriously, he cannot do it in the UFC, or at least certainly not to the best extent. He'd be much, much better served fighting on a regional show, fighting at RFA, fighting somewhere else, and fighting guys on a skill level that he is at, relatively speaking. He may win, he may lose, but what he needs is the ability to just get time doing it. And he has had so little of that. I would also say he needs to get his ass out there and start going to any kind of Muay Thai fight he can get at a bare minimum, doing some grappling competitions, something. Not that he needs it to like compete for the purpose of like getting better as a competitor. He did seem poised, but just in terms of fast-forwarding his skills... He's just so far away. People were like, is he UFC level? And I'm like, no. I'm like, is he, like, is he World Series of Fighting level? I'm like, not even close. He's, he's not a... I don't see any evidence that he should have a pro license. That's how far away we're talking about here. So, like, if you really want him to get better and be good, and there's nothing wrong with that, you should. There's a right way and a wrong way to do that. And I cannot see on earth how the right way to do that is to give him guys way better than him because a promotion has a certain level of quality they have to uphold, and yet he has a certain level of uh, needs for a, a an opponent of commensurate ability. The two don't match. Uh, but we're going to look at that fight in the in the second segment about all the things that went wrong. Okay, uh, Jimmy Rivera defeating Uriah Faber via unanimous decision, thirty twenty seven across the board. Faber never looked right to me after the signs fight. We all noticed the fact that his skills weren't developing. He would sort of jump in and out of range, and he had really good offensive wrestling and could really scramble, and he's still fast, but not as fast. He can still wrestle, but the game has really caught up, and that leaping in and out of range thing, it, when he, when a guy can like Jimmy Rivera can really, who's excellent at just managing real estate, it just completely shuts Faber down. He just can't get anything going. Meanwhile, the other guy, maybe he's not blowing Faber out, but he's picking him apart, and obviously hurting him badly to the leg, you know? Um... I think Uriah's days as a top fighter are probably numbered at this point. Um, okay, Jessica Andrade, who looked awesome, defeating Joanne Calderwood at 438 of the guillotine choke. You know, Calderwood, I thought, was going to get badly touched up early in this one. 
And then what wound up happening was it was actually a slow start. Andrade came out hard against um, Penne, but it was a slow start in this one. And I thought, oh, that's going to be good for Calderwood. She can slowly get her boxing and her striking game going. But what wound up happening was Andrade showed incredible strength on the ground and really just a dominant top control. And then great submission awareness. Like Everyone's like, oh, her top strength is her strength. No doubt about it. Her top strength is... Um, or her, you know, strength is certainly an asset for her. But the other fact of the matter is that sweep slash reversal, and I'm not sure if you can call it a sweep because sweep involves using a guard to change top to bottom and a reversal doesn't. But whatever the case, um, the one that Calder would hit, it's like you, you roll up under and then you roll on top. And when, when you come up on top, you want to have an underhook. When you have that underhook, whatever side you have the underhook on, that same side leg goes over the top of the other person and then scoops it. But then a common... You can do a lot of things from there. A common response is to double off on the far leg. And what you saw her do is just stand. And number one, when you just stand or when you try to get to your base, A, you're unprotected, but B, there's, they're not having to answer for anything. In other words, even if she went to go double off, right? I got the underhook. I stepped over the leg. I'm going to block your far side knee and I'm going to go for a double. Even if you don't hit that, they at least have to address that. So that means you have to protect your neck less. And we didn't get that either. So to me, it was just a tactically poor decision there. Um, or decent decision tactically, but poorly implemented. And then Andrade, just great awareness from her. Really great awareness. Uh, on the prelim card, Betch Cohea defeated Jessica I. Split decision, 29-28, 28-29, 29-28. I didn't even watch this fight. I feel bad for Jessica I, but what are you going to say? Brad Tavares defeating Kaio Magalesh. Split decision, 28-29, 30-27, 29-28. They both look bricked up. Uh, not a strong performance from either guy, to be honest. I expected them, one of these guys to be turning a corner. Brad Tavares in particular, not his best showing. Nick Lentz defeated Michael McBride, who came in on late notice at 4-17 of the second round via TKO. Just an ultimate Lentz fight. Get on top, top control, avoid submissions, pass guard, get to back, get to mount, pound on a guy, and then find a way to either TKO him or submit him, which is exactly what he did. Drew Dober looking super sharp. Against Jason Gonzalez, was at 145 of the first round. You know, Dober, Gonzalez is a guy who's also a little bit borderline for this level in terms of whether he should be here. But, you know, if you're going to fight a guy like that, you got to blow him out, which is exactly what Dober did. Um, really accurate punching, combination punching, unrelenting pressure. Gonzalez backing straight up when he's, you know, you need to be kind of covering up and turning at an angle. But once you get clipped with one of those things, it's just hard to have that kind of muscle memory. And Dober, once he had him hurt, just did not take his foot off the gas, just excellent awareness and uh, absolute striking dominance from Jude Over. And then uh, Yancey Medeiros uh, dispatching with Sean Spencer at rear naked choke of 49 seconds of the second round. Great job by Yancey Medeiros, who took a really bad beating against Francisco Trinaldo, came back in this fight and was patient at first, but then really did actually turn the corner in terms of applying offense, was going to the body, you know, because they were, they were this way at stance, and Medeiros was going to that, I think it was the left kick to the body over and over again. Then eventually went high and then hit it behind a cross at the same time. Or just the cross came just before. Uh, really nice from Yancey Madero. Strong, strong performance for, um, you know, jumping up a weight class to welterweight. Okay, look, here's the deal. Let's look at CM Punk versus Mickey Gall. Let's see what went, what, what went wrong. There were some folks trying to take... Look, if you're a big-time fan of CM Punk, I, I think the general reaction has been... You know, what can we look at in this fight and take some kind of solace in? And the answer is just not much, you know. And that's that's the whole point about this. Like, him fighting in the UFC, like, this fight, you know, getting beat up like that is a learning experience. But it's not the same kind of learning experience as it would be if he was, like, going three rounds with a guy at the same kind of level. That would be much, much more beneficial to him. 
this this experience was in terms of like getting better as a fighter was not too beneficial and that's a tragedy if you actually care about CM Punk if you care about him and you actually want him to get better and you don't just want to root for some kind of dumb stunt and I don't think this is a dumb stunt I do think this guy wants to get better you cannot root for this process because this is not how guys get better a, a beating every once in a while is not the end of the world but this is for a guy in development where that development early on is the most important. This is not helpful. And at least not helpful very much, anyway. So, without further ado, let's take a look at the slides. So, this was a disaster for CM Punk from beginning to end. And there's a lot of reasons why. I don't even have time to go through all of them. But I went through the fight and I was like, here's a few things we can pinpoint where it just went um, uh, very, very badly for him. And it actually starts from the moment the bell is rung. So let's just go in order. And uh, look, this is for the folks who are fans of him, they're going to say, oh, you're being overly critical. And I'm going to say in response, you're certainly welcome to that opinion. But I believe that if you want to fight in the UFC, then you're, you're going to be examined in ways where if you fought on other shows, we wouldn't necessarily care or even just try to go through your game with a fine-tooth comb. But that's not what you did. So this is what comes with the territory. So let's look at this. And the first problem I have is watch how two things, well, I guess maybe even three, but here's what you're looking for. Number one, CM Punk brings his feet together, which you're not supposed to do. Um, two, he kind of gallops as he does it, which is, you know, you're, you're going in a straight line essentially. And three, he never changes speed. It's just one constant march and gallop. Watch, like I'm not even, I'm not even making it up. This is, this is the march in slow motion. Look at this. Watch Punk bring his feet together. Ready? Right there. Look at him galloping. Right there. Right there. Now, Gall, is, his fork isn't great either, but he sort of stops, sets, fakes the punch, times it, changes levels, and wraps him up nice and deep. I mean, got Punk, got his whole weight going one way on. You can see the momentum carries the upper body of CM Punk forward. So, what does Mickey Gall do? He runs him in a circle. Semi-circle anyway, uh, counter, excuse me, clockwise. And then he drives him straight back into the fence. Now, this is terrible, right? Because what is CM Punk doing? He's got no underhooks. He's not trying to pull Gall off of him. He's just sort of putting these double overhooks on both sides, which does virtually nothing. Look how close his feet are together. He's not scissoring them apart. He's not turning his hips into the fence. He's not pulling the face, chin, and upper body up. He's doing basically nothing, right? So he has, I'm not saying this is the best version of his takedown defense. I'm sure he's done better than this in practice, but when you haven't done it live, you just can't get all the portions of your game working when you need to. So that's jacked up, all right? We keep going. Uh, what does Mickey Gall do since... He's not having his takedown really constrained. Uh, he separates his base. Look how close the feet are together of CM Punk. Unbelievable. And he gets lifted and dropped. Uh, you can just imagine that this was not too challenging here for uh, Mickey Gall. We keep going. All right. So what's the first thing you notice Punk is doing? He's trying to get some kind of guard in here. I'm not sure if he was trying to go with, like feet on the hips or butterfly. Um, but he gets a frame in front of the face of Mickey Gall. I was like, okay, I don't know what he's going to do with this, but maybe he's setting something up, and then he lets it go. Um, okay, so what, are you going to spin into the fence? Like, what are you, what are you going to do? So here's what he does. You can see he's got an arm over the top, and he's kind of like side hammer fisting Gall in the face. Gall uses this elbow to not only pry open this space, um, but also just sort of to keep the. It's you know, it's an annoyance. 
right? But here's the problem, and, and you can't quite see it here, but what you'll see Gall do is you'll see him, uh, he's driving his head into his chin in parts, but then what he does is he sits back on his own base for a little bit, right? That right there, just a little bit. You see how before he's up in Punk's grill just a little bit? He slouches back a little bit where he creates some space, not a whole lot, but then comes over the top as he uses his own forearm to separate Weight sack back, forearm separates out front, all right? Just like that, you see this? He's going to separate out front, and he's going to bring the right hand over the top. Bang. And he, he steals on him hard here. He actually does it twice, and then I believe a third time. Bang. You can see, like, now he is creating space. Punk does have full guard. Okay, that's not nothing. But, you know, we'll see what he can do with it here in just a second. But he, he, you can see already there's a problem of space here. And he's got inside elbow control as well, right? And you'll see why this is important later. I mean, it, it, this, is, this is just very, very bad. So we keep going. Here's what Punk does. He keeps his guard, which I don't recommend in this particular circumstance. But more than that, what's the big thing he's doing? He's trying to wrap behind the arm and behind the neck to keep the posture down of Gall. But you've already lost this battle. Look at how upright his spine is. He's sitting back on his heels. You have to go up and get him you can't pull him down you need to you need to unlock this guard and sit your hips out and up at a bare minimum if that's what you want to do you can't just sort of keep your guard locked and try to sit up in it it's never going to work that way so what does mickey gall do he's going to shove down with this right hand like that now it is it keep space between them as like a bar that separates the two but on top of that he is also um now keeping the posture down i mean puck can't go far in the other way but now he's like really flattened out you can imagine what's going to happen next right the left hand comes over the top and steals on him again so this is super bad although now at least the guard is open let's see where things go from here Okay, this is a little bit better. Punk finally decides to frame away uh, and get a knee inside. Now, this is, well, let me get to it in a second. This is not perfect, but this is better. Create some separation. You can do that, no problem about it. But here's a major, 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 major problem with it. He does this. Okay, dude, this is so terrible. This is so terrible. And why is it so terrible? It is okay if you're going to kick someone off of you. You've seen it done a million times. Demetrius Johnson has done it. Everyone does it, but the key to that is you need to bring your knees back to you or your body to your knees or both immediately. Immediately. Why? What are you doing? Look at the space here that he leaves when he extends like that. A lot of people who are new to grappling do this. Um, they spaz a lot and what they try to do is they try to do these explosive big movements. There's a time and a place for some big movements, but a lot of jiu-jitsu is slowly climbing to a position. It's not jumping off a cliff and trying to go get it. And that's what you see really inexperienced grapplers do. This is a guy who thinks if I can do a big major movement, I'm going to push this guy off of me because look how much force I'll create in moving him away. The problem is you never create as much force as you think you're going to, and there's always a problem with creating so much space between your knee and your hips and your elbow and your and your ribs. Look at how wide open this is. It's this is so terrible. So he pushes him away and what does Gaul do? Gaul holds on to the back of the calves, the back of the knee. Right? He uses yes, Punk's pushing away, but he's creating space. So 
um, Gaul just latches on to then cover the space, hold on so he doesn't go back any further. And now, when Gaul tries to retract, excuse me, when when Punk tries to retract, he just comes in right on top of him. But now there's no guard, and this picture isn't quite the best at showing it. He's also at a, let's say, a six or seven o'clock um, on the on the dial. Um, at an angle. He's not straight back this way where this girl is. He's sort of off to the side. So what does he do? This is just child's play at this point, man. He just sits his hips up and over, pushes down on the hips. Uh, Punk doing basically everything wrong. You need to have this arm on the inside, creating separation. Look at all the weight being driven down. Uh, Gaul using his shoulder to pin the just the sternum and the back to the canvas there by on CM Punk. CM Punk trying to sit up, bro. You are not going anywhere. I don't care how strong your abs are. Your abs are never going to beat the mechanical advantage that a guy on top of you has when they're doing this kind of sort of Toriando pass, basically. Uh, I mean, he's not controlling the legs in the same way, but it, it's got the same sort of movement as, as a Toriando pass. And he comes over the top, and it's just easy. So what does he do? Then he just resets his hips back down now that he's passed. But geez, Punk is still doing all the wrong things with his hands. Number one, you should have a frame right here at a bare minimum. You got to get your hips scooting. You got to get this foot down. You got to be doing things, man. You got to start trimping back to guard something. Get your back to the fence. Turn. Just don't do this where you're wrapping on top of the head. He doesn't need you to do that. He's driving his weight in there. You're just holding his head for him. And then the real problem, though, is not so much this one. It's the the right hand the right hand holding the left wrist of mickey gall get your hand off of that why because this is why you're not stopping him you are giving him everything he needs think about it what have we told you if your arms are in tight how many times in the monday morning analyst have we been over this if your elbows are tight to your ribs you are say it with me everyone strong if your arms are out to the side you are say it with me everyone weak your arms extended out to your side is your weakest position for starters and number two look at all that space jesus christ man you could fit another person just sitting in there indian style oh my god there is a ton of space here and what's worse <laughs> you got to have that elbow in you got to have bicep control your hand needs to be close to your face all that has to be tucked all that has to be tucked because when you do this, he doesn't need to beat you in this contest. You think you're holding him here. What you're doing is you're creating a structure and a stable opening by stalemating in this position for that. You're giving him the donut hole. You got to get your elbow back to the inside. You got to get your hand on a bicep and you got to get this off the top of his head. It is doing nothing. It is doing nothing. Okay? And, I mean, this is just. This is bad. I'm not, I'm, I don't want to tell you guys. This is super bad, okay? So he gives him this. Now, Punk realizes, oh, my God, this is going from bad to worse. Um, we got his feet in there, and he kind of tries to sit up a little bit. He gets fairly far, actually. Like, he got to he got to a uh, an elbow, although he's holding the fence here illegally. So what does uh, Punk do, or what does Gall do? Wraps the underhook, wraps the head, live toes, and then just pushes him back down. And this is, this is again, this is still super bad. So what's really bad about what happened here? Well, look at this. Now he can't bring his elbow to his ribs. So the further his elbow is away from the side of his ribs, that means the weaker he is getting. But this is so bad because uh, not only does he not have control of the top arm here, he can't do... He, it's not that they're... Watch this. Here's, here's what's going to happen. You need to have this on the inside. you got to be 
tilting towards that person right from that side. You got to be doing a lot of things. You got to cover this space and control it so they just can't come around you because what you don't want is you don't want them. It's one thing to be in side control, but what they tell you in side control is you want to scoop the position and you want to move their elbow away from their ribs. You want to occupy that space with your body. And once you do that, the next move is get your knee to the side of their ear. That is super dominant side control, okay? Oh boy. That is bad. That is really, really bad. Now, Punk tries to get two toes in the cage here. They eventually tell him to get it off. I just want to point, point this out. Even if he wanted to bring his elbow to his ribs and to the ground, he can't do it now. That space is now occupied. This is very, very bad. Okay? So what does he try? He's like, oh, this is not going well for me. Let me try another big explosive movement. Look at that. Look at what he does. But what, what, does he do? what do you notice when he does that? What happens? He's got the arm kind of controlled here. He's got the far side underhook. He goes to this big explosive movement, and he controls it, and then just says, let me up the ante by bringing the left hand over the top of the head, and now he's got two arms controlling this. That is really bad because what that allows you to do is give one arm of your own arm for control and then the other arm to grab the wrist for any kind of submission that you want. Now, he eventually does not go that direction, but that's what he is setting up here. And look at, again, like these massive explosive movements. You're never going to go anywhere if someone has a superior technical position on you. People think you can just wildly buck out of things. You cannot. You cannot. Okay? Against somebody good anyway. All right? So then he goes back down. Look at this picture. This picture to me is more important than the picture of him tapping. If you have ever trained jiu-jitsu, when you look at this picture, there is only one thing to say. This is big bank take little bank. That is what this is. Everyone who's ever rolled has been here, man. Everyone. But this is what happens when you're like a white or blue belt and you're going up against a high-level brown or black belt. And they're just, they're just toying with you. He has been passed. His body is completely draped over. He is controlling the head and the far side arm. And then the inside arm, his, he is almost rear naked choking himself because his elbow is so far away from his ribs, knee to the ear. God damn. <laughs> this is pure, absolute, categorical, no doubt about it, big bank, take little bank. Utter domination. A complete difference in skill level here. Everyone has suffered from it. Andre Galval, Marcelo Garcia, everyone has this done to them. Everyone knows what this feels like. But they, if they're an experienced grappler, they know what it feels like to deliver it. We are talking about an extraordinary differential in skill. And there is no f slide that I have that encompasses that more than this one here. This is, com this is ownage. This is ownage, okay? Let's keep going. So he decides, I'm going to try and take this left foot and step over. Remember, he's got the two arms controlling the other one on the far side. I thought he was going to go for a Kimura maybe. If you step over, they try to sit up. They can't go anywhere. So that's what he tries to do here. You see he steps over the face. But I guess maybe he didn't want it or maybe he was baiting something else. It's, it's not exactly clear why he didn't. It maybe it didn't feel right to him. Maybe Punk was tied enough on one side where he just didn't feel like trying to pry the arm open, conserving his energy. Who knows? But he eventually gives it up and goes back to side control. But remember that big. Go back and look here. Right? He's sort of he's sort of trying to fight the spot, and he comes back. Remember that big explosive movement he had before, where they like bucked out crazy. He never brings everything back together again. So he's got 
Gall has his own hip driving down the ribs slash right side hip of Punk, but Punk never brings this foot inside or this knee inside to close off the space. So it's just wide open. This is a wide open spot. So what does Gall do? Says, yep, thank you. I will take that mount. Appreciate it. All right. Let's keep going. So now Gall tries to roll here. Or excuse me, Punk tries to roll here. This is quite normal. Tries to get to an elbow. Tries to put a hand out of the way. You saw uh, Carlos Condit's do something relatively similar to Demi and Maya. So I don't. there's no fault in the reaction here. Um, tries to snatch the choke. You can see Punk tries to turn away from it and keep his chin tucked. So not bad there. Okay. Um, but here's the key thing to notice. He's choking with the left arm. A lot of, a lot of really good guys. Or someone who you know is good at back control. They will not... Once they try to apply a choke, they will snatch someone off of their base to the same side as the choking arm. BJ Penn was one of the first guys in MMA where if he choked you from the back, he didn't necessarily try choking you while he had his hips higher than yours on his back. He would try to snatch you off of his base to give you less kind of control, him more so. Um, and and uh, you're seeing that much more commonly now. So look at his left arm. So he yanks him to the left side, Gall does, with the same side choking arm. Steps here. Look how deep that other inside hook is, man. God damn. He's going to use this to come right back on top. Now look at this. Punk's got two hands on the hand that's posted. Why do you have two hands on the hand that's posted? This hand can't do anything. That's why it's posted. This is the one you got to worry about. Moreover, look at all the space between his tricep and his hips. This is, I mean, if this is wide open. This is wide open. Now, I'm not saying he should bring his arm in to block it because then he would get choked uh, by this hand or something else. You wouldn't want to do that necessarily. He's literally got two on one on the one hand of the two that can't do anything because it's got the weight control. So, Gall says... You're you're just you're you're not protecting yourself, and look, this would be the choking side, right? Or actually, this would be the choking side. He needs to fall to that side, fall to the opposite side of the non-choking, or fall to the side that's not choking you, or couldn't be the choking hand, right? So what happens? Gall says thank you and takes that easily. All right, we keep going. Flattens him out. Then what does he do? So he trying to get his hand free as he sort of, you know, drives his hips down. I want to make a point about Mickey Gall's back control here. It's really, really nice. Always has his hips higher than Punk's um, and always does a really good job of just make, make, never letting the separation get between his chest and Punk's back. He's always gotten something really tight. You'll see that here in just a second. Watch this. So Punk gets back to his base a little bit here. He's total, doing the old Eduardo Teles guard. Below though, that doesn't come with having your back taken. But okay, so he's he's back to um, he's back to turtle, right? So watch this. Okay, dude, this is real bad. This is another one that's real bad. Look at something here. Now he's on his knees. So I, I just want to make a point here. There's nothing wrong with being on your knees, but check this out. Here's what you don't want. Now he's on his knees here. This is going to be hard to fight. But you actually you're much better off here than you are here. Why? Because you want your weight forward over your hips. The further your weight gets level or behind your hips, the more the guy on your back is in control. Obviously, this is still very, very dominant. Very dominant, no doubt about it. But this is less dominant than this. Keep in mind, you don't want to go past your own forward hip line, and you don't want to go to anywhere past... Imagine if I divided it this way in half... And then this way in half. Imagine we were doing a line straight through the ear, the the this side of the body. Let's say let's say um, 
uh, 3 o'clock here. If, if Plunk's looking at a clock, this is noon, this is 3. When he falls, he doesn't want to roll past 3. He wants to be forward and at 3, 2, or 1, or you know, noon, or whatever. That's where he, he wants to be in this space. That's where he wants to fall forward and to the side. That's better for him on the non-choking side. So even over this side. now, But he can't because the cage is in the way. So you can imagine because he doesn't want to do that and Gaul knows he's supposed to do the opposite, you can imagine what happens right. He falls to the same side choking arm behind 3 o'clock. So this just keeps going quite badly. Uh, okay, then he rolls him over, gets him on uh, back control again, does a good job of always throwing in strikes, then flattening him out, kind of flattens him out a little bit, sits up, and again, he starts to pound on him. Punk uh, tries to get a knee up and inside. This one is still flexed back, but he gets it back. Um, Gaul does a good job of never going too far forward, always scooping up behind the elbows so he can get his hips nice and tight in there. Good job on that. All right, so you can see this. What happens here? Punk gets a leg up, right? What's he trying to do? He's trying to create a stable structure. Maybe to shake this hook off. Maybe to stand. Maybe to stand and push Gaul forward. Gaul gets behind the elbows, but that's not what I want you to watch. What I want you to watch is Gaul at first has both of his feet like on the inside of the hips. Then he leans on this right side so he can drive his right leg back. And what's he going to do? He's going to scoop the right ankle of Punk. Why is he going to do that? He's going to snatch it inside. See that? Why is he going to do that? Because this is going to make this side of the structure, the strong structure that Punk is trying to create, it's going to collapse it, which is going to force the weight back of Punk onto his derriere. We're just talking about fundamentally two different levels of grappling here, widely apart, as, as, as a matter of fact. Okay, let's keep going. So now he's sitting on essentially the outside of his thigh. Gaul has um, his back here. He's punching him. What does he try to do? He tries to snake in from the right side, the weak side. Okay, I think he just prefers that side anyway. What does Punk do? Punk tries to turn. So okay, that's, there's something there, right? And now he tries to cinch it uh, as he comes up. Okay, but here's the weird part. I think Punk gets out of this. I'm not sure how because... I never really truly see him fight the high hand all that well, but I guess he did. So Gaul lets it go, right? But look here, he's not—he's barely fighting the high hand. Blue gloves right here. This is Gaul's hand, Punk's hand, Punk's hand. It's not—it's not heavy hand fighting, but okay, it doesn't work. All right. So what does he do? He posts on this side. But why does he do that? Is he—he's gonna—he's gonna grab Punk and he's gonna—he's gonna drive his weight one way. But what does Punk do to react? You see that? He drops an elbow. No bueno. When you drop that elbow like that, nothing is protecting you on that side. Nothing. Now, Gaul has his hand planted there, but this is all intentional. Because he's going to shift his weight back to his left, right? And what's Gaul, What's Punk doing? He's trying to still ratchet this elbow off, but that's not what you need to be worried about. Bro, look at this lane you created. Oh my goodness. So what is Gaul going to do? He's going to snake it underneath the other choking arm, that there's nothing defending. No hand on it, no nothing. Slides it right in. At this point, Punk tries to grab the high hand, but it doesn't work because when he goes to reach for the high hand, what does Gaul do? Gaul drives it down and then locks it up, and it's basically right here, too late. Goes to fight the high hand, but you can see Gaul does a good job of like bringing his chin and his chest uh, together, bringing his chin on top of his hand. Um, just every, keeping everything nice and tight. You, you can see what's like punk. Like here's the blue. You can see the blue of the glove of Gaul. Here's the fingers. It's it's lower than the blue. So I don't know what he's doing, but it causes that. And that is the anatomy of a beatdown.
All right, and last but not least, let's look at what's coming up next. I'm not going to be here for this, but it is UFC Fight Night 94. Yep, this will be in the State Farm Arena in Hidalgo, Texas. It is headlined by Dustin Poirier and the lightweight bout versus Michael Johnson. That's pretty good. Uriah Hall versus Derek Brunson. Evan Dunham taking on former World Series of Fighting champ Rick Glenn. That should be a, a, a very cool bout. Alejandro Perez taking on Albert Morales. Uh, Juan Carnero is back, taking on Kenny Robertson. That's actually a pretty fun fight. Chris Wade versus Islam Makachev on the prelim card, which will also be on Fox Sports 1. Gabriel Benitez versus Sam Cecilia. Augusto Montano versus Bilal Muhammad. Jose Alberto Quinones uh, versus Joey Gomez. Eric Montano versus Randy Brown is now on Fight Pass. And then Chaz Skelly versus Maximo Blanco. That's a bit of a crazy card. Um, that, of course, will be on Fox Sports 1, except for the last two fights that I mentioned. I will be gone, not only next week and the week after that. I will return, I guess, in about uh, two weeks or so. So thank you for watching this. I really appreciate it. If you have any questions, you can email me or comments at luke.thomas at sbnation.com. I appreciate you guys watching this. Give it a thumbs up, share it, and all that like. And until next time, enjoy the fights.